Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being with me again. Paul Gray here. And we've been uh, in a series about mystics, mysteries, mysticism, and mystics. And I'm titling today's discussion, Take It From the Bank. Mystics tend to put a real value on spiritual growth. The opposite being somebody just being comfortable with rituals and traditions and not being interested in any variance, anything new, liking where you are, being kind of comfortable. That's really never been my modus operandi. And one of my favorite sayings is from Helen Keller. She said, life is either a great adventure or nothing at all. And I kind of feel like that. Mystics know that spiritual growth is not something we do. It's what God has already done that instantly manifests in us as we live effortlessly in seamless union with divinity. Now, I believe everybody is a mystic. Many of us just don't know it yet. One of the best definitions of a mystic is a person who hears from God personally. Isn't it interesting how many things we've been taught in religion are just the opposite of how God actually works? Have you been finding that out? Spiritual growth is not something we work at and accomplish. It most often happens in quantum leaps. You don't know something, you haven't seen it with spiritual eyes, you haven't heard it with spiritual ears, you can't even conceive of it, and then, voila, aha, bingo, the light goes on and you see it. How many of you are familiar with this scripture? No eye has seen and no ear has heard and no human mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Well, that seems pretty plain, right? Nobody's seen or heard or even conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That's from the Old Testament, from Isaiah 64, verse 4. Then the Apostle Paul quotes it several hundred years later in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Do you know what 1 Corinthians 2, 10 says? The very next verse. But... God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Holy Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all those things. See, first Isaiah, under the law, says, no eye has seen and no ear has heard. That's Old Covenant, that's before Jesus finished work at the cross. Then after Jesus finished work at the cross, which inaugurated the new covenant of grace, Paul now says the Holy Spirit does reveal these things to people. He quotes Isaiah, then he adds the new covenant of grace conclusion to what the law only previewed. The Holy Spirit reveals things to us, in us. That's a huge part of what is called grace. Grace. 
Last week, we talked about the mystery of law and grace. The Old Testament, the Hebrew scripture, the law, all points towards Jesus. Brad Jerzak, the great theologian and author and teacher from Canada, says that the Old Testament is like an architectural model of a big shopping center. The model maybe takes up the whole table and it's, you know, it's built to scale and it sort of is a picture of what's to come. But then once the actual center is built, it's magnificent. And what good's the prototype? It was only a picture of what's to come. It probably gets thrown away or maybe goes in an architectural museum or something somewhere. Well, that's what the law is like. The law is a prototype, a picture of what is to come, which has already come now, which is Jesus. Before Jesus finished work at the cross, nobody could see or hear or comprehend the wonderful things that God had. We had no idea. We didn't have the mind of Christ. We thought we had to do to become. We thought it was up to us. But now, because of Jesus' finished work at the cross, because the Holy Spirit, the teacher, lives in us, we can see and hear and believe what God has already done. We have the mind of Christ. It's like divine entanglement, oneness. Now, we have that. Not many people know that, though. So many people still live under the mindset of the old covenant. Now, mystics put a real value on spiritual growth. They understand it's God who provides the growth. We're like a seed that's planted and God brings about the growth. The seed doesn't bring about the growth. God does. Let me state the obvious here. It's important to know what spiritual growth is. <laughs> Up until about 11 years ago, I had a totally wrong perception of what spiritual growth was. I was a lot like the apostle Peter. I like to take things in my own hand, make things happen. Peter also was a slow learner like me, but he finally got it. Here's how he finished his first letter that's now a book of the Bible, First Peter. It's chapter 3, verse 18. He says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Passion Translation says, continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Spiritual growth is growing in grace. And Jesus is grace. Jesus is grace personified. There's no spiritual verse that says grow in the law. There's no scripture that says grow in scripture memory. The Pharisees tried both of those, didn't work so well. There's no scriptural verse that says grow in rituals and traditions or doctrine. There's no scriptural verse that says, grow in Moses. <laughs> There's only grow in grace and intimacy with Christ. Grow in Christ knowledge. Well, what is Christ knowledge? It's the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Grow in hearing, listening, and responding to the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16, Paul says, we have the mind of Christ. The Passion says it this way, we possess Christ's perceptions. 
See, the mystery of spiritual growth is growing in grace. It's not like adding one thing on top of another, like with Zynga blocks or Legos. No, it's taking quantum leaps instantly. Instead of addition, it's multiplication. We have the mind of Christ. We, we don't know something, and then instantly we know. We tap into the fullness of Christ, who is all in all. 2 Peter 2, verses 2 to 11. This is New American Standard. Peter says, Grace and peace be multiplied in you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It's like divine entanglement. For his divine power has granted to us, past tense, his power, everything pertaining to life and godliness. It's already given it to us, granted it to us. We didn't earn it. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. This is like a, a quantum leap, each one of these. We come to know the true knowledge of Jesus, and we know he instantly gave us everything. Through these things, Peter says, his glory and excellence, he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. It's by God's promises that he brings it about, not by what we do. He says, we've escaped the corruption that's in the world on account of lust. Verse 5, he says, now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. Where do you get moral excellence? You're supposed to supply it? What does that mean? Do you buy it? Do you... Do you make it? Do you earn it? Do you go to church and get it? No, it's a mystery. The Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Grace teaches you, and you instantly know. What it means to supply moral excellence means we go inside. You know, we're the temple of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We go inside to the divine supply room in the temple, and we take what is already ours. We take from the supply that's already ours, and it just keeps getting multiplied over and over again. Whatever you need for life and godliness is there. It's everything. You just supply yourself, which has already been given you and is already in you. It's a quantum leap. goes on to say, in your moral excellence, supply knowledge. Go to the bank, go to the supply room and get it. In your knowledge, supply self-control. In your self-control, supply perseverance. In your perseverance, supply godliness. In your godliness, supply brotherly kindness. In your brotherly kindness, supply love. Peter says, these qualities are already yours and they are increasing. And God's doing the increasing, multiplying. And they don't make you useless or unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, just the opposite. Then he says, if you lack these qualities, you're either blind, you just don't see, you don't have spiritual eyes to see, or you're short-sighted and you've forgotten that you already have them. He says, in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is abundantly supplied to you. Now, here's something that God the father, I call him Papa, showed me a few years ago. I put this in my book, Notes for Papa, which is a daily kind of devotional book. This is on December 3rd. Here's what Papa said to me a couple of years ago. And he's saying it to you too. To my child, whom I adore beyond human comprehension. 
he's saying this to you, get this, to my child whom I adore beyond human comprehension. I want you to know that you have a personal account in the first and only spiritual bank of heaven. The account is in your name and is verified by your eternal security number. And yours is the only signature on the account. I established this account for you in my bank, capital B, before I ever created anything. Your personal account has been there since before time, before creation, before your earthly parents were born, before you were conceived, before you were born. And it's there now and will always exist. Your account holds the inexhaustible supply of all the treasures in the heavenly realms. It's there for you to use, to access, and to supply yourself with whatever you need every moment of every day. You didn't ask for this account. You didn't do anything to earn it or merit it. You didn't even know or believe it was there until now. Your not believing in it has nothing to do with the objective truth that it's there. In my kingdom, Papa says, there's only one bank, only one form of currency, mine. There's nothing else to use, believe, earn, or confess. Your behavior, ability, achievements, failures, nothing affects this account and your access to it. When you finally come to your senses, you will believe in and access your account immediately. Until you do, life can sometimes seem like hell to you. It can appear to you that you're on your own, and it's up to you to establish and fund your own account. Appearances can be deceiving. You actually have full access to your account now. You can also tell all others about their personalized account that I've already set up for them. As you access your account now, my will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. Enjoy. Love, Papa. Pretty cool, huh? I no longer say, you can take it to the bank. I know now that we can take whatever we need from the bank, from the first heavenly bank, the first bank of heaven, and our account is full and being multiplied every day. Look at this letter that Papa dictated to me, if you will. You didn't ask for this account. You didn't do anything to earn or merit it. You didn't even know or believe it was there until now. You're not believing in it. It has nothing to do with the objective truth that it's there. That's the mystery of grace. Jesus is grace. Grace upon grace. Grace multiplied. Jesus is a mystery to be explored, not a puzzle to be solved. The beginning of the mystery of grace is grace always comes first. It's not that we mess up and then God decides to mercifully show us grace. No, it comes first. We're told in Paul's letters to the Ephesians and to Timothy and to Titus that grace came first to us before the beginning of time, before anything was even spoken into existence. As my friend Don Keithley says, God set it up. We messed it up. Jesus fixed it up. And the Holy Spirit keeps it up, keeps revealing mysteries to us. Grace is not a nice reaction to our messing up. 
gracious God's gift to us of everything in advance before we messed up. The things that Peter lists for us to supply ourselves with that I read in Second Peter 1 are another way of saying what Paul wrote are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Brian Simmons translates that famous passage like this, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit, produced by the Holy Spirit, it's not something we work up. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, colon. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. And he closes that by saying, never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. These are all expressions of divine love in action, which is grace. Now, Here's what I really want you to see today. In addition to grace coming and being ours in advance, in addition to grace being a gift, remember what Peter said. Grace and peace is multiplied in you. Think about that. Divine multiplication. Love in action. Grace is the divine multiplier. God's divine power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that spoke everything into existence, Holy Spirit power. God's Holy Spirit power in you takes God's essence of love, agape, in all its many expressions and continually multiplies it in you, in you, now, continually, right now, in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in the temple storehouse right now, like a, a printing press at the Department of Treasury, God's all-powerful divine love in action, grace, is constantly producing and multiplying in you everything you need for life and godliness, for your use, anytime you want or need it. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, the faith of Christ, compassion, mercy, provision, health, relationships, and so much more. All of those gifts are there being lavished on you. They're already in your unlimited divine bank account, and they're just growing like with compound interest being multiplied all the time. And you can draw on it right now, and you'll never run out. You might know the term ad infinitum, A-D-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-U-M. Think of a number that repeats into infinity, like 1.1111111 just keeps going forever. There's a sign that uh, you can have that shows that. The verb ad infinitum means again and again and again in the same way, forever. And that's what the riches of grace are that's already in your account. They just keep being multiplied over and over and over again. They never run out. There's a musical symbol that we use that shows you to repeat a measure. Rather than write all the notes out again, there's just a little sign that's uh, there, and you know to repeat that measure. And it reminds me of taking a song and recording it on a loop. It just keeps going forever and forever and forever. That's like the mystery of God's love and grace. There's an infinite supply, and God continually multiplies it and all its expressions in you 24-7. You never run out. You never have to ask for more. 
actually, get this now, you never have to ask for any of it. It's already yours. You just go to your supply room in your inner person and supply yourself with what you need for the moment. So what do you need? Don't need to ask God for it. Just thank him that it's already there. God's already supplied it to you and is continually multiplying it to you. So what we do is we thank God, we're grateful, and we just help ourselves, And that brings him great joy. Now, here's a real key to this. My friend Mike Popovich, who's in Colorado Springs, has a, a great ministry, Freedom Ministries. And he says this, thankfulness is the very emotion which causes things to effortlessly happen in our lives. Thankfulness is the very emotion which causes things to effortlessly happen in our lives. It's the heartfelt emotion which contains the creative ability of God to heal, to prosper us, to supply us with everything we need, and to receive your heart's deepest dreams and desires. He says, thankfulness and awe is our natural reaction when we see that God has shared his life with us and has already given us everything for life and godliness. Nothing could ever be outside of God. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Thankfulness is a spiritual force to tangibly experience his presence, which includes fullness of joy and all the pleasures of life. So as we celebrate life with thankfulness, as if every desire is already ours, then we'll see that the divinity within us uses any means necessary to effortlessly bring it to us. Not only that, thankfulness will heal us from past trauma, so we're no longer stuck in the past. It will heal us from getting the same results over and over again. It will strengthen our immune system, create stem cells that repair and produce new healthy bodily tissue. Thankfulness produces antibodies which kill bacteria and viruses and even cancer cells. It actually strengthens the part of our chromosomes in every cell that has to do with longevity. Psalm 91 tells us he will satisfy us with all life. Now, again, Mike Popovich has some great teaching on this that I've been listening to a lot. It's mystical. It's quantum spirituality. It's all tied in with thankfulness instead of asking God and begging God and pleading with God and trying to work up enough faith that we might get something. It's focusing on the truth that everything we need for life and godliness, which is everything, is already there in our account, our personal account, in the divine spiritual storehouse, in the divine temple, which is in us. I'm going to be talking more about this in the days to come. It's exciting. It's fascinating. And I've been practicing this in my life and just seeing some amazing things come from the divine storehouse that God has already filled to the full and is continually multiplying in me and in you. Christ in you, all of you, the hope of glory. Hey, thanks everybody for being with me today. I'll see you next time. Grow in grace. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.